Stampede. Garner isn't number 42. Maybe I've been overly critical of the way things are, and I don't mean that as an endorsement of any particular politician or party. No, I'm not affiliated with the policies of politicians. I'm an equal opportunity offender of Democrats and Republicans. However, I do lean toward the environmentalists, but by and large, I'm a lover of dogs, and I spend most of my time thinking about beautiful things and the sublime, sometimes the comical. And I try staying away from politicians because every time I hear or see them, I get this very unpleasant feeling coming over me. You probably can tell I'm not a young person. And I'll tell you flat out, I'm old. And nowadays, when I get up energy to go anywhere, especially to go to the grocery store, I'm always greeted at the checkout counter by a woman who looks at me and says, How are you feeling today? Now, I've listened to people over 70 years telling cashiers, can't complain, or just fine, or good, or if they really want to express themselves, they sometimes say something like, 
everything's going great. But you know what? That's not what I say when the cashier asks, how's it going? I say, slowly. Now, most of the time, especially if it's a middle-aged woman, she'll say something like, oh, honey, I feel the same way. This opens the door for me to compliment her and engage in conversation by saying, but, but you're so young. I've had two spinal surgeries. And she says, oh, sugar, my knees hurt. That's nothing. I've had both my hips replaced. But you're still walking. You know, I've been having pain in my hands. Really? I've got gout in both of my wrists. I don't like complaining, but I've got hypertension. Me too. My father died of a heart attack when he was 62. My uncle died when he was 32. What from? He swallowed a chicken bone and choked to death. That's a nasty way to go. I know. The fact of the matter is, there are lots of ways to pass on in this world.
but when someone asks me, how are you? I'm compelled to tell them the truth. I'm slow and usually in pain. And I think it's safe to say I'm not the only one like that. It's just most people prefer to say they're fine. I confess for me, my answer probably originates from a fatalistic view of being alive. Quite honestly, I often wonder when I go to sleep at night if I'm going to wake up the next morning. And it's not just because I'm old. I mean, I've been thinking this way when I was young. I've been thinking at a very young age that the Grim Reaper was coming to take me at any time. But you'd think with that kind of attitude, I'd be frightened about being engaged with life. But I'm not. I keep plugging along, albeit slowly. Even being 75 years old, I keep looking at my body, and I'm amazed it keeps going. You know, everyone says you should exercise and keep physically fit. Honestly, while I was in my 30s, I'd sit in my bathtub filled with water and look at my knees and say to myself, my knees are the strongest part of my body. And you know what? There are a lot of people that can't say that. No, when I was lying in the bathtub, I didn't say my heart was strong or my lungs were still exhaling. No, I didn't think about that. It was my knees, and I wasn't too far off thinking like that. I recall either reading or being told by someone that in ancient Rome, the Romans believed there was one part of the human body that was the most important. Now, knowing how the ancient Romans lived, the first thing that comes to mind would be connected to that part of the body related to sexual behavior. But no, that wasn't what the ancient Romans thought was the most important part of the human body. Well, maybe you'd think the brain was what the ancient Romans thought was important. But no, it wasn't that either. Maybe you'd think ancient Romans idolized the human mouth. And there's plenty of reason to believe that, because Italians love to make delicious food. But no, ancient Romans thought there was an even more important part of the human anatomy. Maybe they thought it was the human eye. But no, that wasn't it either. Even though artistically, ancient Romans produced beautiful art and architecture. No, the ancient Romans, as I have learned, thought the most important part of the human body was the foot. The human foot. But in fact, 
There is a gigantic sculpture of a foot somewhere in Italy, but I don't know where it's located. I've only seen photographs of it, and I won't bother speculating why the Romans thought that part of the body was the most important. You can figure that one out for yourself. It's not just cashiers I begin sharing my physical ailments with. I have in the past expressed my concern about my health with my friend and her toy poodle, Teddy. Oh, Eddie, you're fine. That's what you say. Of course you are. My friend is a lifetime optimist. For years now, you've been saying you're dying. Well, eventually I'll be right. And Teddy looked at me disgusted as if to say, You're as strong as a horse. And I looked at my friend. What about this coronavirus? What about it? Well, how are you and Teddy dealing with it? I'm not allowing Teddy to socialize with other dogs. Besides, most of the time, Teddy doesn't believe he's a dog. What do you mean? Teddy is nearly human, and he doesn't like spending time with other dogs. Oh, you mean because he's nearly human, he might be susceptible to being infected with the coronavirus? Yes, something like that. I'm thinking of making a little mask for him. Now, the coronavirus is no joking matter. And if you've been listening to me for a long time, long before the coronavirus started killing people around the world, I've been saying we aren't safe. And most likely, the weapons we build to protect us aren't helping. But the system of consumerism demands that you be suspicious. It requires you to defeat whatever challenges to the system. And this creates a mental outlook on life. Consumerism thrives on profits. And in many ways, it can be as corrosive and damaging as an infectious respiratory disease. It demands that you believe everything is all right because the profits will bring you a better life. In consumerism, the upside is glorious, but eventually the lies, the deceptions, the greed to get to the upside are corrosive to your mental health. People have become very wealthy by selling weapons around the world, achieving political objectives, and consumerism loves that because it keeps the economy going. It offers a sense of security. And that's only one of the many distortions fed to you. Instead of teaching us how to make more profits, we should be teaching our young to play music, to dance, to produce beautiful art, not being tricked into relying on artificial intelligence. 
The coronavirus is destroying what consumerism has brought us, and something else may come from it. But let's not kid ourselves. This is going to be painful. The facts are, this disease did not come from nature. It's something lots of people have been warning us about, including me. This is a man-made thing, and most likely was designed as a weapon. And I would be misleading you if I said this is going to end.
No, it's the beginning. And consumerism can't defend against it. In fact, it's probably helped to spread it. Consumerism has created imbalances resulting in a small number of people having more aggregate wealth than the total wealth of 60% of the people in this country. It might be said that doesn't matter because 60% of Americans live better than most of the people on earth. 60% of Americans live unlike everyone else in this world. Of course, it's difficult to pass judgment on whether those values produce a sense of satisfaction and self-worth in our lives. I personally don't care what the Kardashian family think is important because they represent the meaningless waste of consuming. They consider their lives important because they have the option to be wasteful and should be admired for that. In the consumerist world, you have credibility if you can show how wasteful you can be, that it doesn't matter how you abuse the natural world, just so long as you can show how much better you are than other people, because you live in a $30 million house. In that circumstance, you want to make people envious, because you know other people have to get up in the morning and go to work to survive while you polish your nails by your swimming pool. And why not? Because with consumerism, the people have a chance. All people need to believe in is winning a $10 million lotto ticket. Yeah, the system of consumerism wants to trick you into believing everything will be all right if you can just win the lotto. You'll get to live like the Kardashians, but that system isn't sustainable. That initiative is empty. It's the big payoff that consumerism promises. And the thing about that, people will fight to the death to defend it. If the coronavirus was released intentionally and was created as a weapon, somewhere down the line with all the fear all the crushing financial collapse, what it brings will eventually be funneled into resolve to punish whoever created this pain. I have a theory about who would have released this weapon, but I don't want to say who's responsible for that. It's safe to say if this was intentional, then there's much more to come and things could become unhinged electrical grids going down, armies marching, rioting, food shortages. Prepare yourself for what already is happening around the world. And consumerism has always been a part of that.
This week on Garner Isn't, the music you heard was all composed by Alan Silvestri. He's created the musical scores of over a hundred motion pictures and is a two-time nominee for an Academy Award and Golden Globe Awards and a three-time winner of the Saturn Award and Primetime Emmy Award. The first three pieces you heard came from the animated picture Who Framed Roger Rabbit, ending with the castaway from the movie of the same name. Stampede, written and performed by Edward Garner in Morro Bay and Paso Robles, California.